Hello, 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 everyone. What up? What up? Welcome back to another episode of The Plot Strikes Back. Back, back, back. back. We're coming to you with a, an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, consider. I would consider this, man, this is a classic. Yeah, I definitely think it's a classic in the sci-fi section of movie movies also with a comedy yeah i was gonna say even just comedy they call it a sci-fi comedy but it's honestly i think one of the most underrated movies in the last 20 years dude tim allen love him he is awesome yeah there's a stacked cast and the movie we're talking about is none other than galaxy quest fantastic movie yeah it's to me this is one of those movies where i could just watch it at any time that's exactly how it felt when i watched it the other day i popped it on i was just like this is just good for what what i'm feeling today yeah it's i don't think there's ever like a really bad time to watch a movie like this because it just has this it's quick too yeah it's it's not long it's it's 102 minutes so it's about an hour and 40 minutes long Oh wow! And it moves, but it moves quick throughout that that entire time, and and, and that's we've talked about it before. I think if a movie moves along well, if it's short or even if it's long, that's just because you have a good story, it's you, good pacing. You've yeah. got you've got all the good components of you know the characters, the you know the plot is is moving. There's you know ev- events and thematical things along the way that tie everything together through the first second and third act of the movie and you know one of the interesting things that after watching this movie again for i don't know how many times i've ever seen it in my life but um for those of you listening if you want to check this out on youtube there's a whole behind the scenes compilation which i think was just ripped from the like dvd had to have been yeah it's an hour long but it's super fascinating to to watch and I'll bring up some of those points and, and, and mention them in this episode here. So be sure to listen to the whole thing. But just before we dive in, just a quick reference to share this with your friends, your family, all that kind of stuff. Spread the word about the podcast. Just do it. Yeah. You know, if you talk about movies or are currently talking about movies and you're like, oh, hey, listen to these guys. Talk about movies. Yeah, maybe you maybe you were talking about a movie recently, and then maybe we just happened to re- do an episode on it, and then you can kind of just listen to what we had to say. Or if someone's like, man, you know, I kind of want to go back and watch some old movies or something like that, maybe go th- through a list of any of our previous episodes at that point. Yeah. And start working your way down the list. Yeah, you know, pick a couple out. Maybe there's movies that you haven't seen in a while or, or ever. And, you know, because we try to cover movies that are streaming somewhere. So you can watch them. Yeah. And again, you could always support the movie to to buy it, you know, digitally or rent it if you really want to. But uh, at that point, I I just think it's it's worth buying a movie for like 10 bucks more 
certain certain movies are worth the buy, honestly. Uh, yeah, 100%. You know? So, but um, this was on uh, Netflix, and I think I actually might own it on DVD. I might actually own it on Blu-ray, to be honest with you. I just... You know what's crazy? I have to go with an old box of movies that I... I also might have this on DVD somewhere. There's a good chance I do. I just haven't gone through a giant box in the closet yet. It's so. just... It was... Su- it's just such a nice, good, quick, funny movie. Yeah, and... I love Tim Allen and you know, one of the interesting things too about that they talk about the behind the scenes things is that this, when they were looking for casting and the idea of the, of the script, because their initial script wasn't quite the way it turned out to be with the movie, the final product, but you know, it's, they were looking for someone who could fulfill a role as if they're doing a TV show within the movie and who was one of the biggest faces on TV at that time? Well, Tim Allen, because of Home Improvement. Home Improvement. And I love And that was Tim Taylor. Tim the Tool Man Taylor. When did, <laughs> what year did this come out? Oh, that was that was good. Nineteen ninety nine. This might have been around the same time he was hitting Santa Claus too. Yeah, as a and he was Scott Calvin. Yep. The Santa Claus. Wow, man, those are such I, good movies. I, I can't see and this is a total side note. I can't see anyone else playing Santa Claus other than him. Sorry. He just He's such a great actor It seems weird at this point To, to see to, anybody to else play as Santa And I know He even said this too At this time At the time In the behind the scenes thing Because That was a 2009 And You know Critics being critics They'll say Oh Tim Allen Has done You know Crap movies Or just wasn't good In, in, in any uh, of, the, of these other movies That he was in but he was in Galaxy Quest, and he yep. was great in that. Oh, he was, and so then it's it's like, oh well, it, it sort of trumps everything else that he was in, and you know when you look at this this cast, and you just see the names on there, and and you think, how can this movie possibly be bad? You know, I mean, let's just talk about this. So we obviously have Tim Allen, right, and then we have one of the best female actors in Ever. sci-fi, yeah. Sigourney Weaver, who best known of uh, playing Ripley in the Alien movies. She's an Avatar, I think, right? She is, yep, and an Avatar. And and then one thing that, you know, in the behind-the-scenes thing, she's talking about how this is the complete opposite character, you know, as, as Gwen she's the complete opposite of Ripley. And people talked about this on set, which it sounds like they had such a great time on set. Like everyone, she, she has like the blonde wig on and she's like, well, I want the character. Can the character have like a blonde wig? And they were like, yeah, sure. And she put the blonde wig on and she just acted completely different. Completely different. Oh, and that's awesome. Yeah. And she was like, I always wanted to be, be blonde, but people said like, I really embodied like the dumb blonde on set. <laughs> and people joked around about that, but she was saying there, there was someone was saying there was one day instead of going right, right back to hair and makeup after shooting, she was just like kind of walking around in costume still. Yeah. And pretty much every guy was like complimenting her. Like, and I'm like, well, I mean, obviously she was pretty damn attractive. Yeah. Um, yeah especially when her, when her clothes were ripped, ripped at the end. Even, yeah, I think it was Tim. I, I'm pretty sure it was Tim Allen and not Alan Rickman, but somebody he, he was like, "Yeah, like where'd the boobs come from?" Because <laughs> at one part, it's just like, you know, there's a exposure, 
you know, which is sort of uh, the attractive appeal, you know, and but she she was great in this. And then Alan Rickman. Oh, rip. I mean, yeah, it's it's sad uh, to see him in this. Awesome. And yeah, Dr. Dr. Lazarus uh, was his crew name, but um, Alexander Dan was his actor's name in the movie. <laughs> which is great because he he had <laughs> oh my god dude he had that line so that he would just hear and every time he, dude he wanted to rip his ears off yeah because he wanted he because he played um he played you know he did shakespeare and he yeah. had this he had this super high hope of being the successful actor in the galaxy quest universe and he's kind of just lumped in with this this crew of actors and everyone loves Jason Nesmith, you know, played by Tim Allen. Yep. And, you know, and he just sort of, and it, it's, it was really great to hear and why they picked Tim Allen for this role. Cause it's like, we need someone who could just really take the TV star, like the, the, the fame of T being, being a really popular TV star and run with it. And so Tim Allen was like, uh, well, I can certainly do that. Yeah. So he, kind of just embodied that on set and you know there's a lot of fun jokes apparently that happened between alan rickman and tim allen and just like because they're even just as actual actors in real life they were sort of different as their way of um doing things like their, their methods of warming up as an example where tim allen would say that's that alan rickman and sigourney weaver would you know practice you getting warmed up and doing those like ah uh, yeah, like practicing yeah like warm-ups and like kind of how we make fun of it in anchorman like ow now brown cow yeah the arsonist has oddly shaped feet <clears throat> right but tim allen was his warming up method was completely different but yet at some point they understood one another him and and alan rickman and mm-hmm. There, there's another other couple other parts where Tim Allen and Daryl Mitchell, who plays Tommy Weber, they would joke around a lot on set, and Alan Rickman would get kind of upset because they would just goof off a lot, and you'd think that he was being like actual serious, like getting frustrated, but then after a day of shooting, he'd be like, "All right, guys, we're partying in my trailer. Like, come have some food and some wine." And like, and like it would just like chill out, you know? So like, and you can kind of get that sense of like just how Alan Rickman acted that he was always like this very serious, you know, straight and and narrow type of, of guy Mm -hmm. who didn't like to dick around on set on set, but it turns out like he's just super chill outside of it. And I, I, and I kind of, I actually liked hearing that because obviously I think in some cases, like, even Tim Allen would say like, there's, you know, he's like, I don't understand how these actors would have these, like, I need, I need to have every M&M separated faced down. And then, you know, in a, oh, in a, like in a line and like not requests. in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like, who does that? Like, are these, like these people like psychopaths or yeah, what? Like, yeah. And so I like the fact that they were just, again, like the, the way the, all the crew had such a great time to mingle with one another. I think, yeah. I think also kind of helped embody the chemistry on set because of just how, how well it was. I mean, there was, um, I think it was the director who was, it was a birthday and Daryl Mitchell who has a nickname 
I think it's Chill, Daryl Chill Mitchell, mm -hmm. uh, taught Sigourney Weaver how to rap. And then, like, the two of them, along with Sam Rockwell, oh, I love Sam did, Rockwell. like, this little rap to wish him happy birthday. It's at the very end of, like, the behind-the-scenes thing, which is great. So you can actually awesome. you can actually hear Sigourney Weaver rap. Dude, it's funny. She is an American treasure. She really is. And and again, that just like their way they were saying when they were casting everyone, it's like we can't believe we're getting these actors to do this movie. And then you get um, Tony um, Shaloub, who plays Fred Kwan, who's like the tech tech sergeant Chen on the on the ship. And I think it was Dean Parasite, who's the director he lives next to him and so he got him to be in the in the show and tony's been in a number of things as well which i know him from monk and 13 ghosts yep. that's it yep oh he's also in painting game which is an absolutely fantastic oh, movie you're right he was but he he just i mean well another sci-fi film he was in men in black before this he played like the guy was in the shop who like um, uh, K oh. would blow off his head and yeah, it would like regrow. Back, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, you you have a, a few people who have been in some sci-fi stuff, which is always kind of sort of cool to see. Is it like a like a repeat within that sort of like in that genre? But and then Sam Sam Rockwell as Guy Fleegman, who is just he's this, just fantastic. He he they even said it like. Guy would you know, he's he's essentially like an extra. He's like he's a no name guy who is in like episode eighty one in like the year nineteen eighty two, and he comes in and he gets killed within he, the first five minutes. Yeah, by like a he lava gets monster. killed before the title sequence yeah. or before the first commercial break. <laughs> Probably don't remember me, do you? It's the sunglasses, right? I was on the show in eighty two, episode eighty one. Got killed by a lava monster before the first commercial. Ah! Yeah, and. And he wants to like kind of sit in and do some he's, autographs. Yeah, he's, he's like, "You guys mind if I like sit in on some some autographs?" It's just like, "What? Get out of here, bro! Dude, we don't know who you are, dude. Like, you're you're a nobody essentially." But he is a nobody. Yeah, and it, it, they even said it though. Like, I think Tim Allen, um, it's either Tim Allen or Alan Rickman. But either way, they were saying how how much of a good actor he is. And I mean, if you look at the list he's of fantastic. movies, he was in The Green Mile, which a you know, fun fact also came out the year 1999. Also was in the theater the same time galaxy quest was so in the behind the scenes things they talk about how people would go to see the green mile because obviously like tom hanks is in it and never like tom hanks was super big around that and, time uh, period. michael clark duncan yep and i mean there's a, quite a few people noticeable actors in that you know time frame in, in the green mile but him being this really creepy guy, like the complete opposite of what he was portraying in Galaxy Quest. I'd have to, I'd have to see it again because I, like I oh, said, I, was, he, I his character was like straight up evil. Yeah. In that film, but people wanted to go see the Green Mile, they couldn't because it was sold out. So they're like, all right, we'll, we'll go see Galaxy Quest, not really knowing much about it. And then them coming out of the theater, I'm like, oh my god, that was great. I that enjoyed that. Good. Yeah, I enjoyed that so much more than I thought I would. Right. And, uh, and then you have. The aliens play uh, as a, they're called the Thermians, and Rain Wilson was one of them. Dude, I mean, yeah, him. You've got um, well, the main guy who plays uh, Mathazar is Enrico Colatoni, and mm, we thank you so much. 
Mm, commander target. <laughs> you um. are our only hope. Commander. Excuse me. I must speak to you. It is a matter of supreme importance. We are Thermians from the Klaatu Nebula. And we need your help. Oh. Is this about the gig tomorrow? I just hammer out the details with my agent and make sure there's a limo at my house. Last time I did one of these gigs, they shoved me in the back of a Toyota. Remember, mum is the word. Certainly, but I'm... Mum. 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 Dude, so the way, fun fact about this too, when they were trying to figure out more about, about the Thermians and what they would do, they actually would spend an hour a day going to alien school as it was called like figuring out what they could do to make them super unique to how they walked how they talked their mannerisms like he was like okay so you know how you walk well you know how, how your arms swing a certain way when you walk do the opposite of that so it's going against what feels natural and the way they clap like they like clap with their like their hands out in front of them like it's almost like a like a alligator. go gators just kidding. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> My dad will will disown me after that. Oh, what'd you say? I said, go Gators. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like a Gator thing, right? And the way they would laugh and they would make these like, <laughs> like kind of weird calls, yeah. you know? And then they would transform into this weird like squid-like looking, looking yeah, things. Creatures. And they'll say, oh, sorry, our... Yeah. our freaking we disguises to, were messed up sorry yeah, we, we forgot to, we forgot to turn our disguises on and and that was another thing tim allen would joke around with enrico and and sam and and daryl on set and it would be like one of those scenes if it felt like like they were the boys yeah and if someone would be like laughing about something the other one would come up be like oh my god what's so funny and then say what was so funny and then everyone would start laughing and then alan rickman's just like can we please pull ourselves together now? Yeah, I miss him. Dude. Did you know, dude, just think about They were they I, were they were I, planning I, a sequel before his death. Yeah, I remember that. And And I, I believe people were signing on. I could be wrong about that, but Well, everyone, every, I think everyone else would have. At least everyone was verbally committed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, but anyways, yep. So, I mean, there's uh, other, other like noticeable actors in this, but at the time, someone who was just, uh, actually it was his debut film, Justin Long. Oh yeah. Love yeah. that guy. Yeah. And obviously 10 years later in the behind the scenes thing, it was, you know, a bit of a awesome experience for him to reminisce about because it's like, I just, you know, to, to be with all these amazing actors who I looked up to and then just to look back and be like, man, like I can't believe I got the opportunity, I guess to make my debut Wild. film, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, but it, you know, the cool thing about all this is that, you know, they're, they're actors who are, <laughs> I'm just a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Yeah. They're, <laughs> Essentially. It's like, yeah. Dude, you know? it's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and you kind of just, it's it's a parody of of Star Trek, you know. It's it's like an homage. It's not so much doing a spoof on it, but it's it really is just doing a 
It's just a different take. That's you all know, it is. It's you know what it is. It's like it's like the space balls of Star Wars. That's exactly what it is. And except it's a little. There's another layer to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite exactly like so. that because there's you know it's like okay, so we've got these you know crew you know who embodies this TV show, but turns out it's actually real. Because of the transmissions, the, hist- the historical documents we have seen, which and that villain felt like an idiot, Saris. Yeah, but, but when he figured it out, he's like, you know, like ah, oh, you're just pretending. Oh, it's like tell him what it means, like a child. You have done more damage today than I ever than could. I ever could. And do you like? And I. That's why I think this film just does it all. Like it, it's. It deals with the the comedy, but it, it it deals with like a bit of heartache, lies, deception, harsh realities, harsh truths, you know, death in space, essentially, you know, intergalactic, you know, conquest. War. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of themes to this movie, and I think it's also why it makes it a little underrated. And I think based on the... Just like the overall ease of the plot, the premise where it's just these these actors haven't done anything in a while, and you kind of hear like after after Jason Nesmith has like this fame of kind of getting called out at the Galaxy Quest Con, then he goes in the bathroom and is in a stall, and then like some you know loser fans come in, some trolls I guess, yeah, come in. On him. Yeah, and just and he just had his whole demeanor changes because he's like, yeah, like, you know what? I haven't done anything in so long, and actually, the funny part about that is a little fun fact. I'll interject here. You see three Klingons at the urinal. That's actually real. When they were writing the script for this, they were at a. Uh, I think it was a Star Trek con or whatever. And they went in the bathroom and there was actually like three Klingons there. Interesting. And so it was like, I got to write this in the script because it just wrote itself. See, I wouldn't have guessed that because I've <laughs> yeah. never watched Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, so I have obviously n- nowhere near as much as You're Star Trekkie? Wars. Actually, they prefer to be called Trekkers. Tr- Trekkies are more like of an insult. That's what they said on the uh, behind the scenes thing. I'm, I'm just quoting. So... Well, I hope I didn't just start a war a war with any Trekkies out there. Uh, you might or, have. Or Trekkers, is that what they? Trekkers is what they pre- see, prefer to uh, go by. I, I mean... We'll see. Let us know in the comments if I've offended you. If I have, then um, I'll deal with it. Yeah. So, it they, that's when Tim Allen ends up meeting or actually going with the, the Thermians as they show up. And just... They beam him up pretty quick. Well, yeah, but even again, like the mannerisms of when he's like, "Yo, help me find a shoe," and they just start like looking up in the ceiling because they don't know anything, and it's just these. <laughs> when you think about the subtleties of how they created the the mannerisms and the characteristics of this alien race, uh, you know, it it's just so funny, you know, and I think that's what makes certain aspects of old Star Wars great because of of how different species did things. Yeah. You know, and it's like, they're nothing like humans. You know, they don't, Mathisar even says it at some part in the movie 
they don't know anything. They're just learning about what it means to lie and deceive people and say things that are the opposite of being true or, or, or factual. And, they, and they've only learned it because of, of Saris, because he's just an evil person yep. at, or species guy, right? And Alien? Insect? Uh, yeah, which, speaking of which, all that's prosthetic. So none of that was wow. None of that was like CGI. C- CGI or, ruined everything. I mean, well, the the other thing about the movie, they they had like the top people in this. They had Industrial Light and Magic. Ooh, they had that. They had the dude. Uh, I can't think of his name, but they referenced it in the behind the scenes thing. But the guy who helped create the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. They had Legend. they they had the top people on this movie, you know, and obviously. The other interesting thing about this uh, of 1999, I believe that's also the year Phantom Menace came out. Yeah, it was. So, and we see, in, you know, as another sci-fi movie, we, we we saw what George Lucas did with CGI in that movie. And then to kind of see it be different in, in this movie, it just sort of, you know, it shows you how you could go a little overboard sometimes with CGI. Oh yeah. And that sometimes just going the old fashioned route of, of prosthetics and, you know, building things hands on is, is sometimes just the way to go. And, you know, there's an actual person in the suit, not like, all right, well, we're going to put a bunch of, you know, like, like mocap. I love mocap. I do too. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's always just like prosthetics usually just look so much better. Yeah. I think depending on like what you're doing it on, like, Again, like perfect perfect examples would be, you know, like Andy Circus as Gollum and like Oh yeah. And like, Caesar too. Yeah. Yeah. Or like yeah, Caesar and then like Benedict Cumberbatch who did Smaug. Watching yeah. you could see like the way he did the mocap, you know, is just incredible, I think. And it's something that is just unique and you know, other other things, you know, I guess we could say as an example, like with uh, what's his face, Josh Brolin, who did Thanos, like you could have had him as a big purple guy, but at the same time, it would just be very different. And obviously, like, that's where doing CGI and spending your CGI budget on that to make him look real. I guess you just have to really weigh, you know, the budgetary options at that point. Yeah, that's all budget. And and this the budget for this movie was only forty five million. And wow, they used the out of that forty five million dollar budget. How much did it make? Uh, box office said ninety point seven million. So it made its money back. Wow. You know, I, and that's not including DVD sales, which I'm sure made a lot more probably. So, but yeah, I mean, again, I think just the way the story continues to go and, you know, learn for the characters to realize that, or rather for Jason Nesmith, for him to realize that it's all real. And when he tries to get the crew members back, but they just don't believe him, you know, mm-hmm. But then it's funny because it was uh, Tony's character uh, who says, "You know, who knows? Maybe we'll not. We won't get another job offer." And then they all look at each other and like, "Wait, no, no, we, 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 we will come. We'll come along." <laughs> but they all get freaked out, right? When they they travel, they get beamed in, and like the goo, except for Tony's character, um, Fred Kwan, mm-hmm. Tech Sergeant Chen. <laughs> he was. They said so. This is the other thing in the movie. The behind the scenes thing because his name was tech sergeant chen and i guess it was scripted to be asian mm-hmm. and then he was like he was like telling the, the uh, 
uh, director was like, Dean, I, I'm not Asian, man. And I was like, no, no, but you can act the character. It's fine. And he was like, all right. So then he only does it in the beginning of when they were doing an old throwback, like intro of the TV show. He's like looking at something on the side and he jumps up and he squints his eyes as if he's looking forward. Oh my God. I wondered what that was. That part. Okay. And I just, they had I, this... I, I just laughed at it. So I, I did too. I mean, I laughed even more after I found this out. They spent four hours trying to shoot that whole scene because everybody kept laughing every single take. No, like everyone, Tim Allen, everyone on set, like just couldn't. Can you imagine? I would be so pissed if I'm if it's just four hours shooting this that one, one scene. scene for a title sequence. But you know what they also said was that some of the other things that they did that was, you know, all, like like all the TV set like parts, they like did it all in like half a day. Like they just blew through it. You like they were saying that that was like one of the best days of filming because they they were able to get so much done. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and. Um, another cool thing I, I think I wrote down my notes here that they like when they're on the ship and when the ship is being like damaged mm-hmm. or like whether it was being like when there was being shot by Saris's <sighs> missiles or like when they're going through the minefield. Yeah. It was the entire set that moved. Oh, like the, it's a huge set and, and it, the whole thing moved. It's like something like that had never been done before up to that point in filming history. Oh my God. And so when they're actually like trying to hold on, Sigourney Weaver was saying like, no, like that was like real. Like we were trying to hold on. Even the really fake one in the beginning. Yeah. With Tim Allen. Yeah. Like they were all actually like trying to hold on to what they were doing. That's funny. So I'm like, that's, that's, that's like a, you know, real acting, I guess. Real acting. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of cool, cool stuff that you just sort of, you know, hear. I mean, I, I love the fact that um, a lot of what they try to do about going to cons because some of some people are like had never gone to any sort of like con fest before. Yeah, that was something that was I thought was pretty funny is just how different it and was. Small. Yeah, it was. But now, obviously, kind of just you know, and how like, oh, I'm at a convention. Yeah, and I and I think this is pretty interesting because in in the behind the scenes thing, the director said, and this was in 2009, so you know, decade after the movie came out, he said, "I hope it held up ten years later." And I'm like, uh, yeah, it did. It holds up. It holds up to this day in 2023. Yeah. So we're talking an extra 14 years later. After after 2009. So 24 years later. Wow. Crazy. And, you know, obviously it would have been nice to maybe do a sequel for like a 20th year anniversary, but obviously. It's, I mean, it's easy. You just bring it back. But no Rickman. Well, I meant like before Rickman. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. um, Rickman was important to the team. Yeah. This this movie had some some great lines in it, right? I mean, never give up, never, never surrender. surrender. Never give up, never surrender. And I mean, just some of the some of the things that they were writing in as comedy, you know, just ended up being ended up being funny. It was just organic. 
Yeah, and that's the way it was written, and that's what they say. Like, you know, to to have like a, an actual comedy, you don't want people to think that it's like you're laughing at the lines. Like, it should just come off naturally. Yeah, and or just these parts of like when they first see the 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 Thermians in their natural form. Yeah, like, like screaming and everything. Uh, that was Sam Rockwell, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when he's like freaking out, it's like. Like when they when they go to the planet to find uh, power core or something, yeah, the the power core, and a guy says, "Don't you guys ever watch the show?" It's like you it's like you never want to go up to like to those little like blue car, uh, cannibal babies. Man, those things were weird looking. They were, and it's like Sigourney Weaver's character, uh, Gwen or whatever you want to call her, Lieutenant Tawny Madison. Let's call her Gwen. She was like, oh, my God, that one's hurt. <laughs> and she wanted to go up to it. And that's what guys like, no, like pulls her back. And then it just like limps to get some like water or whatever. And they all just gang up on And like one of them whispers to the other one. And they all just like, ah, and just jump on up. Yeah. Eat the damn thing. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. They are so cute. Sure, they're cute now. In a second, they're going to get mean. And they're going to get ugly somehow. And there's going to be a million more of them. But, and I love when they capture Tim Allen and they're saying, I forget the word, but they translate it and it's like, rock, rock, rock. rock." And there's like, what the? And then (laughs) the rock machine. Yeah. The rock. That was obviously CGI, but. Yeah. uh, Well, obviously. So. So. It seemed like when when they beamed up that boar looking thing and it came inside uh, out. Inside out and exploded. That was prosthetic. Yes. Because, like, literally, there's chunks on their face. And, like, so uh, Gwen well, picks the phone up, and there's just a piece of flesh. I forget which Thermian that was that didn't duck. It was, like... The main one. It ex- no, no, it wasn't Mathazar. It was one of the... Oh, it was it, it was the... It was the third one, but it wasn't Rain Wilson or the girl. It, I think it was either... Oh, no, I think it was um, Mathazar's second-in-command, um, Teb, played by Jed, Jed Rees. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, yeah, he says like, and it exploded inside out, and Tim Allen's like, Say what? Out. Yeah, but but like stuff like that is just funny. I mean, to be honest, a lot of things that encompassed Alan Rickman's character, Doctor Lazarus, ended up being funny just because of his delivery, his his face alone. When like the one guy who is like his his super fan. And, and like looks up to him, Quillick. He he starts to quote, you know, by about those eyes, hammers like, don't. He doesn't want to hear that line anymore. You will be avenged, right? And oh my god! But he dies. He gets shot because like you know, there's a bunch of them that are like suffocating in the room, and they're able to. You know, uh, Gwen and Jason are going through this maze that is. Like the smashers, yep. And like, what is this? Like, and it was just something from the episode that was like they, had, they had like the the screenwriter and the director. I think um, was it Rob and, and Dean were talking about like, yeah, they just the Thermians saw it in the show and the sorry historical documents, and they're like, no, there's a reason for this, and you know, there's obviously like a fake justification for it being there, but Gwen says, like. This episode was was terrible, and she 
So she says, if you watch her mouth, she says, what the f***? But they... They redubbed it. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? Or like, what the... She, she doesn't say... Because there's there's no cursing in this whole movie. It's rated PG. Ooh. Yep. Really? Yep. I guess I never Not a single that curse word in this whole movie, which is... which. I, I should take notes, probably. <laughs> I mean, I just cursed because I literally talked about what was uh, a fun fact, but so they didn't, they didn't like reshoot it. They kept it in there, but they obviously didn't keep the word and you know, they just redubbed it. So, you know, that thought, but I thought that was pretty funny because I didn't even recognize it at first. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I'd Her mouth to, is saying yeah, something completely to, like, try to find different. It. And, but they, that's when they're talking with, Justin Long's character back on earth, Brandon, and he's got his whole like crew and they're like reading the blueprints and, you know, and, and they hit the button nerds. Yeah. Being nerds. And they hit the button and it stops right at one. And Gwen's like, Oh yeah. Cause the show always stopped it at one and it didn't it never hit zero. So like the ship didn't explode. So I'm like, that's so f-. I laugh Cause I'm like, ah, I see what they did there, you know? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> after they get they get the stuff that the doors are open the uh, thermos just stop so funny stop suffocating and then that's when Quayla gets shot and you see Alan Rickman's character uh you know Alexander Dane he kind of changes revenge his, tour. his whole manner he, he he actually goes through his whole quote and it says like you will be avenged by Grabthar's hammer by the sons of Warvan you shall be avenged. He rushes the dude who has like this alien gun. It's like jammed or something. Yeah, he's like reloading or something, and he just like beats the hell out of him. So alien dude didn't expect it either. And the funny thing is, is his at one point his whole like costume for his alien head is okay. starting to come undone. He's got like, got like hair that's actually sticking out of it, but and I just it's kind of cool to see just the again, like for a movie as simple as it is and it's not short, or, or, or it, it is short, and for as short as it is, I'll say how well the characters all have like a, like a character development. Yeah. You know, with Tim Allen's character as Jason Nesmith kind of being a bit more being more of an actual leader of, of a commander and being more humble about everything and not just being like this it's solo negative. hot shot. You know, I'm a famous TV star and you guys are just extras really. Well, like, even just from that first scene when they're at the convention, they were all at one single table and then he was at his own table. that was elevated. And, and everyone's like, literally passing by them in line to get his signature. Yeah. Had I moved an inch to the left, the beast would have killed me. On the other hand, my crew was in danger. How did you know what to do? Come on. Without my crew, I'm not a commander, huh? I think we all remember what happened to that beast on Enoch 7, right? <laughs> and for Gwen's character, or, you know, for Sigourney, she... she I guess it's more so the maybe the, like the romantic side for her and finally sort of seeing that well, maybe Jason actually matured, and he's not so much of a dick like he had kind of became. And because she says, like in the beginning of the movie, like 
you know, it was cute when I didn't know, but now that I know who you are, I just don't want any part of yeah, you, you know, left and, him in the dust. Yeah. And you know, for Alan Rickman's character to realize, you know what? I might not be in Shakespeare anymore, but damn, am I having a good time? And I did like, you know, he, he saw someone or something die in his arms and I kind of like changed him a bit, you know? Yeah. And for our uh, tech sergeant, Chen, he finds love. He finds love. Finds alien love. In the arms of. Uh, it was what a name? Missy Pyle plays a. Larelai. Larelai. Yeah. <laughs> and then she ends up becoming. She, a part of the show. Jane Doe. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that too. Yeah. It's stuff like that. It's just, it's just it, funny. It little things, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to Sam Rockwell as Guy Chief Fleegman. Chief Security. Yeah, Chief of Security. And he's just like. Comes a regular. <laughs> he, when he walks out on set and does a little, like, gun thing. I'm a hot shot dude. And then, uh, yeah, as Tommy Weber, who is older now. Yeah. Uh, it's a star ace pilot, you know. He's but a kid, but. Yeah. And then the, the Thermians end up, uh, he's like, we have no leader. And, and Jason's like, no, like you're the leader. You, know, you can lead your people. He's got a cane. Take over. You know, apparently there was actually a comic book series that was ongoing. And yeah, I didn't know about this until I watched the behind the scenes things. But they ended up having to be called upon again. So like the Thermians were like, hey, like, galaxy quest crew we need your help again so they would go back into space and and help out with actual they're like the avengers essentially but but yeah yeah but interesting but actual like side quest space heroes side quest space (laughs) heroes you know so it's can you imagine just like literally we're here and then someone's just like yeah nick we have to come save the universe and i'm just like all right i'll finish let me finish editing this podcast episode real quick, and then I'll come yeah, up in the space. Because I don't know what to do, bro. Just give me a sec. But then, like, we would come back, and no one would believe us. Yeah, I mean, we would. That would be the best part. We could create another another podcast talking about actual events that happened to us in having space adventures, and people would be like, "Oh, these two dudes started a sci-fi like podcast with their own ideas, and like weirdos, you know." Like it takes place in our Milky Way galaxy, but you know, we know none of it's real. And then we'd we'd see like Tom DeLonge from Blinkin with Eighty Two, like, Nah, man, it is it is real because I've seen. Actually, aliens, you bro. know what? No, <laughs> if so, if someone came to us and they're like, Hey, we need your help. I say, like, All right, cool. Well, we need Wi-Fi so that we can record our podcast episode. You'd be like, What the hell is Wi-Fi? <laughs> and then we'll we'll just explain. We it. need a we need a way to to record things. Here's the thing. If they got flying spaceships, they got some kind of connective shared network. I would hope so. You would. Yeah, I would, I hope, would so. hope so too. Otherwise it'd be like, damn, us earthlings have something that is. Take me back. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I know you could travel, travel through space, but like you guys don't Take have me back. a recording device or, you, you, you know, some sort of wireless technology. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, ours can go uh, light years through. Oh, okay, well, that's fun. I guess I'll uh, tap onto that. I'm like, can I let me get my iPhone? They're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> you mean you don't record everything through your eyes? Nope. 
You freaking dummy. Nope, not quite there yet, but who knows? Uh, maybe in a couple hundred years anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of cool to see at the end, we see what the Omega-13 is used for. That was cool. You you only have 13 seconds. Because you hear Jason say, like, 13 seconds, what can that be? He's like, well, it could make up for one bad mistake. And sure enough, you you know, if you're watching it for the first time, you're kind of wondering, well, when's that mistake going to happen? And you know, we see Sarah's come in as disguised as the tech sergeant, and he comes in like, Pretty much, he shoots Jason, kills all of the crew. He shoots everybody. Yeah, and then the ship's going down, and so he tells Mathazar, you know, hit the Omega thirteen or fire up, and like he he presses the you know the I don't know the handle in or whatever. And it's everything gets kind of warped back, and they repeat their lines. But then he goes, "That was cool." He goes up to to the tech sergeant. He's like, like like what are you doing, Jason? He's like, it's not him, it's Saris. And then and then they don't believe him. Yeah. And then sure enough it is, but then Mathisar uses like some sort of I don't know, object and like he uses knocks him out. Yeah, the move is cane or yeah. his crutch or, or whatever. Something, it was, yeah, something like that. Knocks him out. And sure enough he gets back to earth, but then Jason does this little duck and roll heroically and just vaporizes Sarah's in front of everyone. And they're all just like the crowd goes, and the crowd goes wild. Everyone else is just like, thank God that's over. Oh my God, Earth, other humans. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I would be so traumatized. But like, it, I'm sure it would be pretty cool. Yeah. And it was kind of cool just to see the, like, the, you know, the saga continues, right? And The saga continues. And that's essentially where the, the voyage ends for the movie. I mean, it... It's cool, and and Tim Allen is actually a huge sci-fi buff. Really? Yeah. Like he says in the behind the scenes thing, he's like, he's like, I wanted to, I wanted to be a commander. I just that, that that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to find space and be a commander, and he he's actually became friends with he as he says Bill Shatner, <laughs> and because again it being you know, a, a love letter to, to Star Trek. William Shatner thought he got a lot of mannerisms from, from Captain Kirk. And he was like, he goes, I got a little, so I got some of them from, but he's like, but the character of Commander Taggart wasn't based off of him. He goes, it was based off, off of Moses from the 10 commandments movie. And like, that's when Tim Allen, the behind the scenes thing starts like quoting and doing the mannerisms from, from Moses in the Ten Commandments movie, and I'm like, oh my god! Fun fact about that movie: the first time I ever saw that movie was the full like three hour, three and a half hour movie I with think my it was dad. The same with me, yeah, on the big screen, seventy millimeter, on at the movie theater. Nice. I think mine was on VHS, but um, I have seen it in, um, in theaters before. Man, that, that the, the Ten Commandments is such a good movie. It is, but interesting. You know, it's very interesting to see actors base how they are going to portray a character off of something obscure like that or Nicolas Cage, how he uh, bases his characters off of different things that you just wouldn't expect. And it's just like interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Cause I think, you know, again, you, you want to expect that it, it is all Captain Kirk because of, again, it being a love letter, but it, it's really not. I mean, there, like he said, there are some things, but a majority of it is, is, is from Moses. So, um, so a couple other fun things about the movie, um, I'll say is that, yeah, the F-bomb had to be cut. Um, know what that's like. <laughs> Just kidding. All the bleeps. Um, oh, I, I didn't know this, actually. Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin almost starred in it. I like Steve. Well, you know, it would be weird going back and watching I this I don't like seeing, Steve Martin in this. I, I don't think, they've, I don't think they would just fit. Yeah. Alec Baldwin, uh, it's a stretch, but like maybe back then. Mm. But I'll that guy. Yeah. Uh, so Steven Spielberg gave us the, the 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 alien love subplot. Insane. Patrick Stewart disapproved at first. At first, because he was probably like, "You guys didn't do it off of me." <laughs> How insulting! Yeah. Uh, Harold Ramis was originally set to direct. Oh wow. Hmm. Rip. Yeah, another rip. I forgot who it was. Someone was saying that um, maybe it was Sam Rockwell that was like hoping or expecting this to be as big as like Ghostbusters was. Huh. There's a galaxy mockumentary. That's funny. The alien warlord Ceres is named after a film critic. <laughs> An arrogant, monologuing maniac, Cyrus is the main antagonist in Galaxy Quest with simple, genocidal goals to wipe out the cheerful Thermians and steal the Omega-13 device, right? So he is reportedly named after Andrew, Andrew Cyrus, a film critic who previously targeted producer Mark Johnson's films with negative reviews. Andrew Cyrus had very publicly disliked Johnson's previous film, The Natural. In response to the unusual homage, Sarah's apparently joked that the movie probably probably won't make enough money for me to sue for 10 million. Well, they say <laughs> imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. What a dick. The movie won't make them. Yeah. Well, it I made did. 90 million and, uh, it is very, uh, highly sought after as a good movie. And, uh, I haven't even looked up what people have rated it online, but, um, yeah. What do you give it? I'll say what I, what I, I don't think there's anything else. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say, let's get through these and then I'd be curious to see what they are. Also get, get wrecked. Andrew Saris. Yeah. You are a crappy film critic. How about that? Uh, Guy Fliegman was named after an unknown Star Trek actor. <laughs> I could totally see that. Um, it's the seventh greatest Star Trek movie ever. How many Star Trek movies are there? Six. Because oh. the guy, uh, the guy, I can't think of the guy's name who came up with Star Trek, but he's in the behind the scenes thing. And he even said, like, he loved it. That's so cool. So I'm like, you got the guy who created Star Trek. And he was like, yeah, this is great. I, I, yeah, I think this is, I'm flattered. You know? So, <laughs> again, Andrew Saris, uh, you didn't create Star Trek. You didn't create this movie. And you just got wrecked in your own. Uh, so have fun with that. Now, getting to ratings. Um, I'd probably give this uh, a 90. 
Really? Yeah. And I don't know if this is me being a little bit biased just because like I love all the actors in this movie, but I just think like, again, because if it, it, it's a movie, I can watch at any time and it just makes me feel good. That, that just goes, kind of goes That's high in my books. That's all you need. You know, like, if any movie is repeatable, I don't know how you could give it a bad score. You know what I mean? That makes perfect sense. So, and, and again, the, the cast. It's it's a sci-fi flick. It's fun. Love sci-fi. It's and it's you know not to say like that if there were cursing in it would, would is bad or anything like that, but it's just an easy thing to kind of put on without any like sort of distractions. I mean, so um, but I mean I've loved this movie for twenty four years to be honest. Yeah, too, this so. movie is really good. Um, um, what would you give it? You know, I don't give it near as high, but I don't hate it. You know, I don't like it any less you know than like uh, so would you give it i'd give it like an 80 like an 85 84 85 but i still don't think that's like i think that, i think that's fair you know what i mean i think i think yeah okay maybe it is fair. it's then. like if, if i if someone was like all right well don't be biased right like i would probably you know like, okay i'm gonna be like eight like i don't think i, I would never get this movie less than an 80 percent no you know i would I'm say saying? at the lowest maybe no, nah, eighty four, eighty five. Because I don't know what people would really have to say negatively about this, like that it's corny, that it's cheesy. But that's the whole that's the whole point. Like if you've that's never seen Star Trek, then that Star Trek was kind of sure, like it was all adults, it was right? It's not for a kids thing. But I mean, look when when the first you know uh, Captain Kirk. How long, how old that was? Yeah. And go back and watch some old Captain Kirk Star Star Trek, and That's tell me it ain't corny. Or watch you know, um Captain Picard. Maybe a little bit more serious at that point, but even then, it's still corny. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it it goes in line again. It's 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 not a spoof so much. It's an homage love letter. I mean, but um. So let's let's type in on Rotten Tomatoes and see what see what we're working with. Yeah, see what other people and, and I guess critics have said. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So the audience score was a 79% and the critics actually gave it a 90%. Except for that Andrew Sarris guy who probably gave it like a 70 or lower because he's terrible. But wow, dude, I'm actually surprised. This might be one of the first movies that yeah, that's I've different. seen the critics out I guess I'll like by, to by that much yeah by like 11 percent is is pretty pretty big i mean that yeah i'm actually kind of i'd be actually kind of curious to see what what people would would uh say intel i mean critics consensus is intelligent and humorous satire with an excellent cast no previous trekkie knowledge needed to enjoy this one ah, perfect sentence i think in my opinion i would agree with that you know yeah, I mean, there's even some some recent uh, critics from like 2023 that I've even you know given it uh, high scores, which is pretty interesting. But uh, I mean, maybe even even this, even even audience uh, from like April, March, February, January, five stars. Are there I, any bad ones? I mean, this person gave it a uh, I guess four and a half stars or three and a half stars. I love this movie so much and wish they had made it more. Well, I, don't, I wish you would have given it a higher rating at that point. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you loved it so much, give it, five, I don't know, five stars. Um, but, okay, this one was a two-star. I had high hopes for this movie, but it was a great disappointment for me. Be it known that I am not a Trek fan, but I don't know if that would have helped. Well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have because I'm not a Trek fan. Yeah. I just didn't like the pacing. What? The characters and overall plot. It was just bleh. I don't know how else to describe it. Just not a fun or funny movie for me. A few laughs here and there, but I didn't like it. Couldn't finish. Weak. I mean, we always say this in every movie we review, right? Like, not every movie is going to please everyone. I think you just need to understand what the movie is just trying to do. And, you know, maybe this is where, like, if you have someone explain the concept of a movie and what the what the goal of this movie, the purpose of this movie is has been set out to you know, be created as, then it might make your, your clarity, you know, higher once, once you have a greater perception or, or comprehension of, of something like this. Yeah. But, but also just know what you're getting into. When yeah, you go see exactly. It. It's like saying you watch a movie and you don't realize it's like a period piece movie. And, and like, and then you say, like, well, I thought this was just going to be like pure fantasy and it wasn't. It's like, no, no, it's, it's a period piece. It's meant to be extremely you know, you know, historical and, and dramatic. And yeah, like just know what you're getting into before you go see it. Yeah. So, uh, another two star was, and everything else I've gone through has been four or five stars. So, um, but I have been fooled by the presence of Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman. Although it's funny at first, after half an hour, the punch has been lost. It's a pretty silly film. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, harp on people's low reviews, but again, I think because you have a lot of higher reviews that would say it by just, again, looking at one of the first ones here is eight out of 10, great, funny, cute, easy going. A great, you know, four and a half stars, a great throwback cult comedy underrated and deserves to be watched. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... I Again, I, I know this is one of the interesting things that we can talk about of um, about movies and and movies just being subjective. I mean, it's it's kind of movies can be similar to poetry and poetry is very, very subjective. Uh, I know because I have a degree in it. I so think all art is subjective. Sure. Yeah. At that point. And movies come from scripts that have to be written ideas that are, you know, are conceptual from our imagination in our head. Yeah. So, and it's just the way it's, you know, created and, and, and fleshed out in film. So again, you're going to have stories and stuff like that, that just don't make everyone happy. And that, and that's fine. But I think again, if you're looking at more of like what a consensus says that, okay, well, a lot of people like this movie or a lot of people didn't like this movie. But I think based on how we always kind of look at things and say, well, the audience score really likes this movie, but then the critics just completely dumped on it. And you're like going, critics, like, what the hell are y'all smoking? You know, how can you give this movie such a low rating? Trash. You know, but in this movie, they they did the complete opposite, which I was... uh aghast about like yeah. i was not expect i was actually expecting the opposite i was expecting an audience score of 90 and a critic score of 79 
So, but it's again, critics, man. Yeah, but I I think to be fair, that I think that range again fits. You know, I wouldn't give it higher than a ninety, but I wouldn't give it anything lower than a seventy nine. You know, like that's that's sort of like my threshold. I would say like maybe eighty. Like I said, 83, yeah. 85 maybe. Yeah. That's my that's my little range for it. So but yeah, I mean I'm sure quite a few quite a few people have probably seen this movie. And if you haven't, uh, again, uh, we highly suggest giving it a watch. Again, it's an hour and forty minutes long. Quick so. watch. Quick watch. You can watch it with your kids. You know, there's no cursing in it or anything like that. It's not violent at all. Yeah. You know, there's some you know action here or there. There's a few people dying here and there, but other than that, we're good. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's something that could be explained as just fake, and it's like, no, it's all acting. I mean, literally it is, but, yeah. you know, it's the actors acting in the movie <laughs> uh, in space. So, but if you have seen it and you want to hit us up and say love Galaxy Quest or, you know, maybe never just did anything for me or love the main protagonists in the show. And, you know, it's been a while since I've watched it, but now I'm going to go watch it again and, and see what I think. Then, yeah, let us know what you, uh, what you have to say. Hit us up on uh, the old uh, Twitter. The old Twitter sphere. Hit us up on the Twitter, please. That might be super loud. Yeah. Oh, I guess, sorry if it is, because <clears throat> it's definitely loud in here, too. Yeah. You wouldn't know you have your phones in, so. <laughs> Sounds loud in my headphones. Yeah. So, my throat is getting a little dry after I after I do that. Probably. You're screeching at the top of your lungs. Dude, I can just imagine, because earlier when I was watching it and I was trying to just, you know, mimic the the way Enrico kind of came up with the the way they talk. Yeah. Because they were just like, you know what? Yeah, do that, because that sounds great. Doesn't she talk? Her translator is broken. <laughs> Okie dokie. And they just went with it. So it wasn't something that was even like scripted. Like, well, I, th- I have an idea in my head that the Thermians sound like this. So let's try and find that voice. Rico was just like, what if they just sound like this? Yeah. And it's like, boom. Dude, when it works, it. it works, you know? Yeah. So, but you have uh, anything else you want to tag on to this, this quest? Not really. Um, there, it, It's all pretty much there on the surface. I agree. When you watch this movie. So there's not too much to dive into when it looks at depth. Um, but I mean, it was just, it was a good movie. It was funny. Like I said, it's a little stuff like that. Agreed. You know, um, even in the, uh, movie that we'll be doing next, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's man. I can't wait to do that one because I love that movie. Yeah. So, uh, if you're listening to this episode, be tuned or stay tuned for the big Lebowski. Yep. The dude, the dude, the The other Lebowski. (laughs) Oh man. So, um, but yeah, that'll do it for us on this, this episode. So, uh, we thank you all for the support, the shares, the listens and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, again, hit us up on Twitter and, uh, we'll see you all on the next episode of the plot strikes back. back, 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 back. Never give up. Never surrender.